Get your browser on and see if it's IE, Firefox, Chrome, Safari. Get on it. Get on the Crystal Show right now. I am Crystal Hickerson, and I would like to welcome you all to the Crystal Show. There's too many free meals out here, folks. I want the cheddar biscuits. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's going to be cool. It's going to be nice. We're going to talk. We're going to get real down and dirty. Hi, guys. My name's Bessie. You're on the Crystal Show. I didn't call for you to make fun of me. I, 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 I was not, not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you and a little bit at you. People say, well, don't talk about religion and politics. I say, right. yes, talk about it. Talk about it. Because what do you want to go to a boring cocktail party? <laughs> I don't like her. I mean, how, how old are we? What grade are we in? One man, American, crime, wave. Because the feds knew. Y'all might have to come back, and that's going to be a whole different show altogether. That's what I'm talking about. All right, what's up, everybody? And welcome to the Crystal Show featuring Dre. Uh, it's Thursday night. It is July 31st, and you are right where you ought to be. Thank you so much for tuning in live or listening to the podcast. If you are listening live and you would like at any time to call in and voice your opinion on tonight's topic, please dial 657-383-0554 and press 1 on your dial pad to let me know that you wish to come on the air live. Or you can just simply listen to the show from that number. Save the number in your phone, and you can listen on your phone from anywhere. You can also download the podcast from iTunes, and you can listen to the show. It will automatically come to you immediately as soon as the show is over. So you can listen to your podcast at any time from anywhere. To connect to The Crystal Show, make sure you like us on Facebook at The Crystal Show 1 and follow us on Twitter at Crystal Show 1. But for all of the information, including how to be a guest on the show, you must visit the official website, thecrystalshow.com. Now, the show tonight will be a little different. First of all, Dre is off tonight. Yes, that's so weird. He claimed I was working him too hard. I asked, I asked him to explain this time off concept because I am not familiar. And even after he explained it, I was still a little confused, confused about what the heck he was talking about. But then he started ranting and raving about labor laws and unfair working conditions. So I just said, you know what, man, take your time off. <laughs> no, for real. He, um, he, unlike myself, has a life. So therefore, he decided he was going to make a long weekend and um, enjoy himself. So I hope you're out there enjoying yourself, Dre. Anyway, um, tonight, like I said, will be a little different. We will have a live with Keith Robinson very soon. So if you wish to speak to him, I suggest you call, start calling in now. Uh, after our interview with him, though, I will be interviewing Michelle Barnum-Smith about applying a marketing plan to your dating life. And that was a very interesting interview. Now, the interview 
was pre-recorded. Um, she cannot be here tonight, so we pre-recorded it yesterday, and we had a blast, and we had just a great time um, chatting and talking. Actually, after we got through with the interview, we continued to chat for about 30 minutes or more. So it was, you know, we had a great time. But that particular piece of the show, like I said, is pre-recorded, so please, no calls for that. Um, just sit back and listen to that piece, okay? Well, um, now also, I want to get into a little bit about um, what's been going on in the world. First of all, I don't know if you guys listen to, and you should be listening to, the Talk to Q radio show, which happens on Sunday nights and on Tuesday nights on Blog Talk Radio. So just um, look up Thank Q. But the last show, I um, kind of went a little crazy, and it was basically because of the whole battered woman thing with Ray uh, Rice. And they were talking about um, Stephen Smith and the whole ESPN thing and him getting taken off of, you know, his show because he was, you know, he was saying that it was okay in order for um, a woman should basically be a little more careful about uh, the way she acts around a man or or whatever to not to provoke her to provoke him and then then she wouldn't get beat i don't know everything that happened with the whole jerry rice uh jerry rice lord <laughs> ray rice uh, i don't know everything that happened before the elevator scene that was actually taped but apparently he um has finally come out and has said that he is very sorry. This is a Baltimore Ravens player, Ray Rice, that he's very sorry about what happened. He uh, admits that he was wrong for what he did. And um, now the the young lady, who was actually his fiance at the time, which happened around in February, um, now the young lady is um, his wife. So... Um, you know, but he he apologized and he says that um, she is his world and and all of that. So you can read that on getcrystallized.net um, a little bit about what he said. Um, he says that you know what happened that night is something that should never have happened, and um, and that his actions were inexcusable. So there's been a lots of debate back and forth about this, and. Um, you know, I kind of lost it when I was on the other show, and I, and I lost it because I, anytime you're talking about battered women or talking about women who have been attacked violently regarding rape or anything like that, I get a little nuts. Uh, or if you know you're talking about child support and stuff like that, I go I get a little crazy. So I just want to say that. Um, when you're dealing with any situation, if you hit first. It doesn't mean that the person gets to hit you back necessarily, especially if they're, you know, a big football player. Um, but it does mean that, you know, it's it, it's not fair game at all, and you should not hit someone, you know, who is weaker than you. So that's really my whole take on it. She was 
knocked unconscious for a moment during this fight or argument or whatever it was. So, you know, I um, I don't agree with it. I don't agree with him doing that. But he did come out and he apologized, probably because of everything that's been going on um, in ESPN and everything that's been happening. So he has decided that he wanted to apologize. So I don't know. Do you think that they – a person who is a beater, do you think that, or who has an incident like this, nine times out of ten, they will do it again. So we'll see. I don't know. Hopefully everything is cool, everything is great, they, it's not going to happen, it was a one-shot deal, and everything will be cool between him and his wife. So we'll pray for both of them on that. Um, other things in the news, good news, is um, Alicia Keys and Swiss Beats are expecting again and that's so cool you know i mean i i just love that that you know they they have a baby and they are um and then they're continuing and they're and they're continuing with their family i think that's wonderful and i know when they first got together people were really hard on on alicia calling her the mistress and the other woman and all of that but obviously um, sometimes you fall in love and that's just, you know, the way it is. So, you know, I don't, I don't see anything, um, wrong with their relationship. Who knows what happened between him and his, you know, previous wife. Sometimes the other woman is actually the woman. And so they're expecting, you know, their second child together. And I think that's wonderful. I think that is so freaking beautiful. Another thing that's happening in the news that I saw, which I think is very interesting, first of all, biopics are obviously the in thing. <laughs> you know, I mean, there seems to be a biopic now written about just about everybody, you know, and um, I'm, I'm tripping on that, you know. <laughs> so that, um, you know, we got the James Brown is coming out uh, tomorrow. And um, we have the Whitney Houston thing that may or may not happen. And um, so there's so many movies that are being made uh, and biographies or biopics, as they call them. Um, But the next biopic that's coming out is the Mike Tyson biopic. And um, Jamie Foxx is slated to actually play Mike Tyson. And, of course, we know Jamie Foxx already did a biopic or a movie about Ray Charles, and he did an an excellent job in that. And um, so now they're in talks to do a story about Mike Tyson. Now, I think that was Michael um, Jai who had did an actual movie about Mike Tyson. It was a TV movie, and I thought it was really good. I thought it, it did very, very well. And I um, I thought it was very interesting. So, But they're going to do a biopic about uh, Mike Tyson, and I think they're going to do this huge movie thing. So that should be very, very interesting. So I am very interested to hear that. Now, other things that are going on in uh, the world of, um, of our celebrities. Uh, yesterday I was looking at this, and this was kind of interesting. Aaron Hall talked about his penis saying I guess talking about how big it is and all of this and um <laughs> and then he started naming the people who should who could co-sign that 
And he started naming Diddy and Jamie Foxx and Jodeci and all these guys, Denzel Washington even. And it's like, why would you even name these guys as people who, you know, would even know him? <laughs> I mean, would even know how large or small or big, you know, whatever his penis is. That was, that's kind of random and really weird. So I was like, I don't get it. I don't get why he would even, you know, bring that up and bring guys into it. Why wouldn't he name all the women who would, who could be like, yeah, I co-sign it with him. So that was kind of weird. So we're not going to call gay or anything on that but it's still it's a little weird that he would even 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 mention guys to co-sign how great he is in bed that's it's a little weird it's a little crazy so anyway so that's that's what's going on that's what that's what's happening in the world if you go to getcrystallized.net uh celebrity news um uh, you can definitely check that out check out a lot of the things uh that we talk about on the show um, throughout the week you can always go to getcrystallized.net and you can also subscribe um, to it and you can get it into your email immediately and um, and you can definitely hear it all the time So and read about it and read about all the other things that are going on so definitely go to getcrystallized.net to um, check out what's going on in um what's going on in the celebrity world all right so what i want to do right now first of all again like i said we will be going live with keith robinson and um again remember if you want to talk to him you need to call in now but Later on in the show, it's a pre-recorded, so you can just sit back and just relax and listen. Or you can sit back and relax and listen to my interview with Keith. That's fine with me. I like being alone with nice-looking men. So so that's fine. First of all, um, tonight I am totally and extremely pleased um, to welcome Keith on the show. I know he's, he's a very talented entertainer. He was on the um Talk to Q radio show, and uh, of course, I kind of geeked out a little bit. So um, we're not going to do that tonight. We're going to be professional. <laughs> but uh, now Keith is a actor. He's a songwriter, and for the past five years, he has been positioning himself to take over the music world. And he has an amazing voice. Now we all know him from the award-winning. Uh, the Academy Award-winning feature film, Dreamgirls. But you know what? He's been doing so much more than that. And we are going to definitely get into that tonight. So please, everyone, help me welcome Keith Robinson. Hello? Hello. Hello, you're on the Crystal Show. <laughs> okay, that was kind of that was kind of weird. Okay, all right. Well, we'll give him some time. Um, 
So maybe there's some little technical difficulties happening, and um, we'll try them in just a few seconds to see what's going on. Um, let me try one more time because you never know. Technical blog talk radio, we won't even go into it. It's a whole show by itself, I assure you. Hello, you're on the Crystal Show. Okay, I'm not hearing anything, so if you're talking, I'm sorry, I'm not hearing. <laughs> okay, well, um, I will uh, keep um, this person on hold, and I hope that's uh, Keith just trying to um, work out a few technical difficulties there. Um, but first of all, I'll go ahead and continue to talk. He... Um, like I said before, he has done many more things besides just working on Dream Girls. He has been doing uh, many movies. He has been working behind the scenes. He has been writing songs. I said he's a songwriter, but he also has his own, own um, company that does scores for movies. So I definitely want to talk about that because I think that it's extremely interesting. Um, Hello? Okay. Well, we're not going to go back and forth. All right. Well, we'll continue on, and um, hopefully um, Keith will be able to call in. I think he's trying to call in now, but something is, is going on. Again, like I said, technical difficulties. But what I do want um, you guys to know um, about when we when we uh, talk about like the different movies and stuff that people are in now. Remember, he's coming out. He's going to be in the movie, um, the James Brown biopic. You know that's happening, and um, actually, I think that's going to be really interesting. I, I you know I really want to see where they go with this, where they've gone with it, because sometimes you know you can do these kinds of movies and you get it dead on, and it's amazing. And it's even better than the actual, you know, it's even better than what you've heard. And, and it's an amazing movie, even if it wasn't just about that particular person. It was just a good film and a good story. Rarely does that happen. <laughs> sometimes it does. Sometimes it's a hit and miss kind of a situation. Um, I think La Bamba, to me, was like the best movie about um an actual figure that that was you know um, put out there and it was really good. Then there was what was the one that was the worst I think for me anyway. I think it was Ali. That was not good <laughs> to me. I'm I'm sorry, Will Smith, but that that was that was not good. That was not a good depiction. I wish they would maybe do another one and um, make it a little better because you know that was not good at all. But um, but what I do want to do before um, before we get into the uh, Michelle Barnum interview, I'll go ahead and play uh, one of the songs, the new songs by Keith Robinson. Like I said, he is a songwriter. He's trying to get his um, his stuff out there now, and he's, he already had a debut album in 2009, and now he's um, doing another album. So I want to play one of his new songs. It's called Famous, and let me tell you something. When I first heard this song, I fell in love with it. I fell in love with it immediately. And um, 
I thought it was amazing. So I'm going to go ahead and play this, and hopefully he's able to um, come back in afterwards. So let's check this out. website 
Thank you so much. I'm glad you I'm glad you dig it. Oh, I do, I do, I do. Now, I was talking about um, you a little earlier. I was introducing you and everything. Um, now, we, of course, we all know you from Dreamgirls and, and, and all of that, but, hey, we're going to know you a little bit more from uh, tomorrow. Are you excited about uh, the James Brown biopic coming out? Get on up. I'm, I'm excited for the people to see it. I think it's a really well-done movie. I think uh, Chadwick, who plays James Brown, did such a great job, and I'm just really proud and happy to uh, – you know, to be a part of the process. You know, it's always good to have uh, a great movie on your resume. So I'm very excited. Right. Awesome. Now, it was um, – they did have something in Augustus um, last week, the premiere or yes. the um, screening. Now, how was that for you? Was that exciting? That was exciting because, you know, I went to high school in Augustus. So right. So that came from- that came full circle for me, and I got a chance to take my parents to the premiere and do the red carpet with me, which they've never done. And just for the city of Augusta, it's probably one of the biggest things that's ever happened to the city. So to be directly right. involved with it was really cool. Now, um, now, yeah, that is cool to have that, the city and everything uh, come out. And so, you know, you said that the, the movie was done really well, and I was talking about other kind of movies earlier, like Ali, which – Oh, I didn't think did too well, and, but La Bamba, which I thought was one of the most excellent movies done about a, a real person and everything. So um, so you think people will be really excited about this particular one? You know what? I think they will. I'm not just saying that because, you know, I'm involved with it, but I think mm-hmm. it's, not shot like, it's, uh, it's not shot like your normal biopic to where it goes okay. chronologically. It kind of tells the story in a very unique way. I won't give it away, but Taylor, the director, has had a real unique vision of how he wanted the story to be told because when you tell a story about a guy like James Brown who's done so much, who's meant so much, and people see him from so many different POVs, it can make right. it tough to kind of pull, pull together one through line in a story. But he did a great job. I mean, the music is incredible. He's going to be dancing. Um, <laughs> everybody, in film, everybody in the film is, is really talented. And like I say, Chadwick, really embodying uh, the spirit of James Brown more than anything. You know, that, that, that's what he really wanted to attempt to do, and I think he successfully did that. So uh, I think it's a great film. I, I'm proud of it, and I'm proud of everybody involved. Oh, okay. Okay, Keith, now um, sure. do you – are you have the um, your phone up to your ear? Uh, no, I have it on – can you not hear me? There you go. That's better. <laughs> Oh, so you didn't hear none of that, none of that commentary. No, I did hear it. I did hear it. I did okay. hear it. But some of our listeners okay. um, chimed in and said, oh, we can't hear him very well. It's like, uh-oh. <laughs> oh. Okay. Okay. Well, um, well, first of all, now you have um, you've done a lot of things behind the scenes. You do a lot of songwriting. So can you tell us a little bit about what you do um, with the movies that you are um, – with you, you know, you write songs for them and, and that kind of stuff. So you're just more than just just an actor and um, singer. Yeah, I do. I, I'm a, I actually have a scoring company called Theme Song uh, that I that I've just kind of I started the last couple of years. But throughout my career, various projects that I've been involved in and some that I've not haven't, I've always contributed or tried to contribute uh, music to them. I.e., um, you know, Fat Albert, um, a show I did called Over There, and Kevin Hill with Tay Diggs, the shows back in the day, and um, I actually did a song with the Wu Tang Clan with Old Dirty, uh, Old Dirt McGurd and um, RZA, 
uh, for the Blade Three soundtrack of the Wesley, the Wesley Snipes um, series. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I did a, I did a, a Dysfunctional Friends is a movie. I did all the music for that movie. Uh, there's a list. There's Divorce Invitation. So I try to marry the two whenever I get a chance. So I definitely do a lot of things behind the scenes musically because I feel like, you know, as a songwriter and an actor, you kind, I kind of have a really uh, unique. Uh, POV of uh, or take on whatever the piece is I'm working on. Now tell me about um, your company um, theme song and scoring. Tell me about scoring because is it a little different than um, just putting music behind a movie or um, is scoring an actual movie, you know, is that more about like the instrumental and really getting into the, the emotion and feeling of the movie or is it all really the same? It's all of the above. I mean, a lot of the scoring is, you know, sometimes we, we um, I will either, either if I, I'm an R&B singer, so if the film calls for things out of my genre, then we have a lot of musicians who work uh, under us, our company, that we kind of um, delegate, you know, certain pieces out to. We might translate some of my R&B songs into another genre, rock genre. Uh, we have people from the uh, Philharmonic Orchestra come in. The scoring a lot okay. of times is, you know, when you hear – an intense scene, you hear the organs and the strings come up in the scene, you kind of you kind of yeah. capture those feelings uh, through the music, so it's really fun because you can kind of sit there and kind of almost be a part of telling the story without speaking, you're speaking through the instrument, so it's exactly. something I really love, and uh, you know, it's a, it's kind of a, a really uh, different take on movie making for me, so I, I fell in love with it. Now, you know, the, um, I've, Watch when I watch movies, and you're you're absolutely right. You know the music makes the movie sometimes because it can really give us the behind, the emotion that we may not can see but we can feel, and that's what music is all about. I had I was watching this one movie, and I won't name it, but um, they had played a song many times in the movie, but they kept playing the same song over and over again, which it was a nice song, but. I was like, why couldn't they do it, you know, just do a little bit of the instrumental or different parts of it and slow it up, speed it up. So I thought, ugh, bad, bad scoring on that. And I won't mention the movie, but it was very famous. <laughs> but, really? um Yeah, yeah, yeah. And anyway, um, but it was, it was a good movie and everything. But, yeah, I do pay attention to that kind of a thing, so I always find that interesting. So who um, – when you're doing your scoring, when when you are asked to help out with a movie like that, are you um, the one who would pick the songs, or is it really the director or the writer who picks them? It really depends on the project, and it really it's kind of, but it's always a collective effort. Um, you know, they'll have tent music in, which is the music they have in before they turn it into the people who are doing the score, to kind of give you an idea of what they want to hear there and. Sometimes they can't get clearance on it, so they want they want a, they want a song that sounds like that to put you in the same state of mind as their song. So it's really a collective effort. But um, myself and my partner, Step uh, One, is a great producer who, who's uh, my partner in the company. We basically will we, we the more control for us, of course, the better. So right. a lot of times, if it's our they, if they give us the keys, then we'll kind of give our own take musically of how we think a scene should go or be dictated uh, music-wise, and we go from there. 
Okay. Now, do you um where do you see your career going? Are you are you wanting to head more into acting and to stay with that or singing or which one do you really want to do the most? I don't have a I want to do both. I think one one feeds the other. I tell okay. people all the time like so you know, every scene has a certain rhythm to it and every song has a le- element of drama, so I hope I never have to choose. I mean, I, one enthuses the other. Like the song Famous and the yeah. rest of the EP, Love, Love Episodic, was inspired by the James Brown movie, the making of the movie. I wrote the whole thing in the hotel in Mississippi as we were shooting. So I think okay. for me, okay. one sees the other. So I hope I never have to choose. Now, how is it different being an actor and the process of that and then, you know, going into the studio and, and doing your LP and, and writing songs. How is that different in, in the different types of world and the people that you have to interact with? Is the business different as well? Uh, the business is, is, a, is a little different. I mean, the music business is, is as you know, very scattered and, and, and not so black and white, to say the least. Um, okay. I think the key when it comes to uh, performing a song and performing a scene is um, a scene you want to look like you're not performing. You want to look like you're living, and the camera just happens to be in the room and catches you living. So oh, that's a good tip. Okay. And then, uh, and then when you're performing a song, you want to be performing the song, you know, i.e. James Brown, go down on a knee and put the cape over right. his back. So you want <laughs> right. to perform the song. So kind of, they kind of work opposite of each other when it comes to performing. Okay. Now, Easy Rider, who is in the um, in the chat room here, he says that the music in older movies are much better than the music that we have nowadays. Um, I think I think maybe that's true because I think what we do now is is try to put a lot of current songs that are out, and it's a, and we're trying to sell the um, you know the the soundtrack, and and have so we have a lot of the what, whoever's current doing the doing the music. Do you feel that way or do you do you think that that's not really the case? Uh I, I think I think in a lot of cases it is the case, but some not, but I mean I think soundtracks back in the day in the days of the nineties, eighties when or even the seventies when you know, you had soundtracks like The Wiz, you know, uh New Jack City and um <laughs> right, Above right. the Wind Waiting to Exhale. You know, it was, right. it was you anticipated picking Purple Rain. You anticipated picking up the soundtrack almost more than than seeing the movie. I right. think that kind of nostalgia, that kind of nostalgia is gone. And I think a lot of times now it's we're in the, I call it the great dumb down where it's kind of fast food, fast food art. And a lot of times where they just like we'll just shove somebody in there because they're relevant, they're on top of the charts, or right, it's yeah. kind of they don't pay as much attention to it because you know record buyers are kind of. They're kind of extinct now because everything is so viral. You don't really people don't really buy music anymore. I think it kind of trickles down in every other aspect of entertainment. Soundtracks being right. one of them. I mean, Dreamgirls was a great soundtrack that sold a lot because the music was exactly. well done, but it was already there for around for like 25 years. So True. those unique cases where it's a musical that works. But overall, I think he he does have a point. Okay, and uh, one more thing that Easy Rider has said um, in the chat room. He said that uh, his, he had a question. He says, do record companies fight with each other? And I'm assuming he means do they fight to get their stuff on to different movies? 
Um, I'm sure they do. I mean, I don't. I, I'm not really that. I'm not upstairs with those record execs. I choose to right. be downstairs with creative people. But uh, right. I'm sure if, if, if there's an opportunity that's up for grabs where money can be made and they have a choice, then yeah, I'm sure that it, it's competitive at every level. But a lot of times with the movie companies, they already delegate what company is going to be handling the music. So the competition is just within the company. It's not a, for, per, you know, this company as opposed to this other company. If the soundtrack comes out, it's going to come out on one label under one company. So we, I, I see a lot of independent movies coming out these days. And is that really – people need to, like, kind of look for, you know, good movies that are out. Like uh, a lot of the movies that – some, especially some of the, the black or, you know, movies that are coming out – you don't see them on the big screen, but you have to kind of look for them in your video or Netflix or something like that. Is Unfortunately, is that really like the wave of what's going on right now when you're looking for work? Uh, the, the, the wave, what, repeat that question. You said, is that the wave to look for independent movies? Yeah, I mean, for more actors, I see a lot of, especially black actors and, and, rec- and other actors, just – being in more independent, straight-to-video type of movies, is is that kind of like the wave of what's what's going on in Hollywood these days? Well, I don't. I, I guess so. I mean, it's not by choice. We'd all love to be in big-budget movies, but right. those things are far and <laughs> far fewer between, and even more so for, uh, for black actors because, you know, Hollywood doesn't make as many big-budget movies anymore, and a lot of big-time yeah. movie stars are kicking down the TV because of it. So if, you could, if you're lucky enough to find a great independent piece where you're able to you know, continue to practice your craft and make a little money, then yeah. So it's kind of, it's kind of a thing where you know, if the, if the you have to chase the material. If the material's good, you can't always be mm-hmm. hung up on the money, the money in the stage that it's on. Because movies like True. James Brown, I mean, these big, these big African American films, they come around, they have like one or two big ones a year, and uh, I count that to the thousands of black actors uh, out here. It's, uh, it's kind of feast or famine. Yeah, you still got to work. <laughs> but no, you can oh, yeah. still you can, you still find some really good work, but unfortunately, um yeah, a lot of it doesn't make it to the big screen. It's almost like a formula nowadays of the movies that are out there. It is. But I I do want to talk about your your new um single and your new uh, album that's coming out. Now, has that already come out and where can we find it? Well, the new single comes out on Tuesday, August the 5th. It's called Famous and you'll be All able right. to find it everywhere, on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon. You'll be able to download it everywhere internationally, virally. Um, it'll also be available on my free music app called Utopia, which you can download on your iPhone and, and your Galaxy Android. It has like 11 songs and videos. Okay. kind of my way of keeping up, keeping in touch with the fans. So that single will be out Tuesday. The, the, uh, L, the EP will be out later this year. We're still finishing up, so I don't have an exact date, but I'll definitely keep you guys in the loop. Um, the second single after Famous is called Love Somebody, and that'll be uh, that'll be out maybe a month and a half or two. We're gonna let this first one bubble. So uh, okay, it's a good thing. it's an independent move. So the good great thing about being independent is you kind of get to call your own shot. So exactly, <laughs> I know a yeah. little bit about that. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> Well, so thank you so much, Keith, for uh, coming on. I'm gonna tell you what, guys. I'm gonna play uh, Famous. One more time at the end of the show because I love that song. And actually, I, like I said, I loved it when I first heard it. And, you know, I usually don't because I, I love music and I love all kinds of music. So it takes me a minute sometimes to get into the vibe. 
But I really, yeah. I love smooth. It's like smooth. It has a beat behind it. I love that. Thank <laughs> so, you so much. I'm glad you no, like it. You, you're free to play it. Much thank you. All right. It's going to be on my site, too, because, you know, when I go, when you go to thecrystalshow.com, it has like a little player where it has lots of music on there. So I'm going to put that on my first, and you can hear it when you go to the site. So that's cool. And I am going that's to put up. his link and everything on there because they're asking about um, the links. And I know you have your Twitter page, which is at yeah. Keith Sings, and your Facebook, Sings. your Facebook page is Keith Robinson Media. It's Keith, Keith Robinson Sings. Oh, uh oh, okay, okay. We got to make sure we have the right link. <laughs> well, so well, see, the the Instagram and the Twitter is Keith Sings. The Facebook okay. is Keith Robinson Sings. I just threw the last name in the Facebook, but Keith Sings. If you pull that up, everything comes up. Oh, okay, all right. And uh, remember, guys, that you will you can find more information about Keith on the website and definitely after the show it will be aired everywhere I am and everywhere he is. So, um thanks so much Keith for coming on. I really appreciate it and make thanks sure for that me. You I come, Oh yeah, and come back and uh, let us know what else is going on and we'll I will definitely be there. We'll definitely look for you tomorrow at the premiere of the show um Get On Up. So, thank you so much right. Keith. Thank you. Have a good one. All right. Well, that was totally cool. That was totally cool. I totally loved. I love him. And remember, I'm going to play this song again at the end because I just love hearing it, and it was really cool. And um, right now, we're going to get into the interview with Michelle Barnum Smith. Now, she is a um, relationship expert even though she doesn't like to be called that and we did a pre-recorded show and she wanted to let us know how you can apply marketing to dating so don't just you know date blindly get out there and work at it and market so let's hear a little bit about um, our interview which we had such a great time doing so here we are with Michelle Barnum marketing to dating. All right, I am here with our guest tonight, Michelle Barnum Smith, who is a dating coach. Well, you know, sort of. <laughs> she really is a 15 year corporate marketing veteran who applied the principles of marketing to her own dating life and got married, which is called closing the deal. <laughs> Michelle now teaches other singles like myself how to find love by applying marketing to their dating lives michelle has been featured on forbes business insider the examiner expertbeacon.com and on several tv and radio shows around the country so please welcome michelle barnum smith to the crystal show Hello. Thanks for that warm welcome. I appreciate it. <laughs> oh, you're very welcome. Well, you know what, Michelle? I am single. <laughs> so excellent, um, excellent. <laughs> I have had many ins and outs of the relationship world, and quite mm-hmm. frankly, it's a little frustrating. And I have thought, how can I just give this guy, instead of having a stream of first dates, which I am really an expert in, (laughs) Um, 
how can I just give this guy a application, tell him to fill it out, tell him to get back with me, um, will, someone will be calling you to set up an interview, <laughs> you know, <laughs> help me. <laughs> Use your marketing experience and probably came to the same conclusions I did. <laughs> like, there's got to be a better, better way here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, my, like, I, I kind of laugh when people call me a dating expert because I'm really not. Like, <laughs> I'm a marketing expert. My whole background is, is like you were saying, like 15 years in, in marketing. I've made a lot of money for some really big companies. Let's just say that. And, um, and my, my personal story that I was I was single for a lot of years and, you know, living in that single life, had a career and all that fun stuff. And I had, um, you know, I just, I had one of those moments where I was like, something's got to give. <laughs> like, just like <laughs> what you were saying, you, you get so exhausted with it, you know? And, right. and, uh, and I just, I finally kind of just stopped and turned around and started applying my, my success in my professional life and the principles that I had learned and tested and practiced over and over um, and uh, and started applying it to me, you know, in my in my single career, as I called it, in my dating career. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> it takes so, a lot of work, you know. Well, you know what? It is work. And, you know, when we're thinking about work itself, as you know, you were thinking in your marketing career, we know what we have to do. There are steps. There are, um, you. if you need a degree for this particular field, you know, I go to college, I do this. Then I, you know, I know the steps to ace an interview. There are things cool. online I can look at and make sure I'd say and don't mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. And then when I get hired, I, I know, okay, i got 90 days to get myself together for my probationary period. I have to, you know, wow the boss. And then I, in other words, there are steps I can do. But in love, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what in the world? It's just a crapshoot. <laughs> <laughs> and well, that's that what is, it appears to be, you know. Yeah. That's really what it appears to be. And even worse, you know, relatively sane and logical people, such as yourself, you know, and, <laughs> and others who are out there, go from being these logical people to these emotionally, like, strung out drama, you know, like, all right. of a sudden we become these crazy people, you know. And, and, you know, usually when I tell people where they have to start with marketing, is they have to start with giving up um, – the mindset. You have to start with your mindset towards dating. And a lot of people have the mindset of like, oh, well, you know, finding somebody, love, all of these things, it's up to chance, it's up to the universe, it's up to God, it's up to my mom, you know, I don't know. But they basically, they go from being logic-based individuals who follow steps and, you know, reach goals in, in every other aspect of their life to so just kind of leaving the most important aspect of their life up to chance. They do what I call um, hope dating. They go to a party and they hope that they meet someone. They meet someone and they hope he calls. Right. They go out together and they hope this works out. So they don't they don't actually employ any um, any real 
steps or process, they just kind of like hope and of right. course, worry and analyze and talk to your mom and talk to your girls and you know all of these things and become a crazy person, right? right? And so the first thing you have to do is shift away from that hope-based, you know, dating effort to a more purposeful effort. You know, so for example, like I, I just had a baby, I have some weight to lose. You know, and I can't just hope that way away. Okay. <laughs> I wish I could say my prayers at night and please bless Heavenly Father will take this fat away. You know, it just doesn't work like that. You know, I have to recognize no, it that, like, the change is up to me. It starts with me. It starts with my efforts. But instead of just being like, okay, I am now going to lose weight, I have to, I have to identify my game plan. I have to identify what, what I'm going to do. And there's lots of plans and different things that are out there, obviously. But then I have to actually take those required steps. I can't just read about it and study about it and watch the infomercials and buy the DVDs, right? I have to actually do the work. You know what I mean? So I can't right. just, you wouldn't hope to lose weight. You wouldn't hope to get a better job or, or get into a tough grad school program. Dating can't be left up to hope either. And so you have to be purposeful in those actual steps of, uh, of dating. Of dating. Okay. All right. So... First of all, that's how I diet. <laughs> so that's, so that's another show right there. <laughs> I hope that I lose the weight. Um, but, okay, I do want to be committed to finding someone to spend your life with because that is a, one of the most, if not the most, important yeah. uh, relationship and goal for us and to find the right person. Um, so, okay, we're committed, we're ready to go, we're going to make the effort. What are some of the pitfalls, then, that we should look out for when we're trying to do this? Because my pitfall is I go to the club or I listen, my mm-hmm. girlfriend knows someone, or I, God forbid, I go online and <laughs> you know, and, and do all that. So so what should we watch out for when we do start meeting all these these people, these guys? <laughs> Yeah, so it's really common either, like, when you've reached your lowest low of loneliness or, you know, you're sick of sick and tired of seeing your friends happy, but you're not. You know, we all reach this point where we're like, okay, I am now making an effort. We have this realization. We have this, like, wake-up call kind of a thing. And you have this, like, I am now making an effort statement moment. And suddenly you're everywhere. You're social. You're going to all the parties. You have a, like you said, you go online. Maybe you're trying the dating apps. You're on Tinder. You're even asking people for setups, like it's the works. You've got everything going. And for a while, like you're really busy. You've got maybe you're meeting people, you have you're yeah. going on dates, um, pretty soon you're in a relationship, um, and then inevitably that relationship ends and right. at the end of all of this expended effort you're just you feel exhausted. You're out of balance. You're yeah. you're uh, you're jaded. You're bitter, depressed. You know, you name the you name the description. You feel it. Um, you right. remove yourself from the dating realm because obviously you need to take a break from dating. I'm sure right. you've never said that phrase. <laughs> I, need <laughs> I, need ice, I need to eat more ice cream and I need more cheesecake. Okay, and this pray, will definitely help me. That the weight will. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, so now I'm fat and single <laughs> right, <laughs> and <exactly>. depressed. <laughs> right, oh, God. Right. All these things. And so we take a break, and then inevitably we have our wake-up call again, and mm-hmm. we make that I am now making an effort statement yet again, and the cycle starts all over again. 
And the difference between, and I call this the feast or famine of method to dating, and it's really exhausting because yeah. you're taking all of this, all of your spare time, all of your effort, you're, you're like, you know, obsessed with it in your head, all of these things. And, um, and so at the end of it, you're just, like, there's nothing left to give. There's nothing left to do. And you're, you don't know right. what to do anyway. You're just exhausted. And your friends are exhausted from hearing about all the drama, you know. And, <laughs> and your parents are pretty sure that, you know, they're going to have to put you in a home somewhere. I don't know. So, <laughs> anyway. The, you're alone. Yeah. <laughs> so the point is, is that, you know, my approach to dating, what I realized is that I needed a plan-based effort to dating. I needed, like, a step-by-step approach to dating. And when people, sometimes when people hear me say that, they're like, oh, my gosh, please don't. Like, I, like, you're asking me to work even harder. And that's not the case. I'm not asking you to work harder. I'm asking you to work smarter. And there's a difference between those two. Because we're we're making decisions that are based on logic, not loneliness. Because when we're coming from that place of loneliness, we get all sorts of desperate, right? We get all sorts of instincts where we're throwing ourselves, doing things, dating people that we probably shouldn't be doing. And really what it comes down to is that a plan-based approach to dating is sustainable. It works with your lifestyle, you know, like like you can still work and date at the same time, big price. You know, you're more balanced and it's more efficient because you know what you're doing. You know that you can, you know, walk into a party, meet a couple guys, you know, you know the steps to take to get them to ask you out, you know, these kinds of things. And so you're more confident, you're more relaxed. And I don't know about you, but I think being confident and relaxed is, like, actually really attractive. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. have you ever been around a desperate person and thought, oh, that's really, that's really <laughs> Right. You know, you're, you know, you're pacing in front of the phone or you're pacing in front of – now we have so many – ways to be rejected we got the the phone right. we have email you know he's not returning my email and you know, he's not mean? you know he's not messaging me back on facebook and you know what do i do <laughs> it's so that he's with that girl oh i know who is she <laughs> <laughs> find out later yeah, that's, sister i mean <laughs> right that's not that's not crazy at all that's not crazy right. at all <laughs> So as a plan, so we we need a plan. Um, right. What are some of the steps? Once okay, now now does some of the plan start with the first dates? Um, is is it okay to go out and find a date your usual way, or should that be a plan within itself? So even before we get out and start meeting people, because that's where people think they got to start. All right, I've got to go to the club, or I got to go to the yeah, party, I got to get back out there. <laughs> Right. We've got to back up. We've got to back up a few steps. And this is where okay. my business background really comes into play because businesses have the template that we can use for our own personal life. And I learned this for myself. I was at the end of a round-the-world business trip, which okay. was pretty cool, by the way. And, um, and I ended up in Paris on my birthday, and I was completely single in the most romantic city in the world, right? And uh, <laughs> it just sucks. And, right. uh, and it was there that it does. It did. And that's where, and that's, I think it was, it was like that harsh reality that God was using to have like this aha moment where he's like, come on, you saw it's like TV. But it was kind of that aha moment. I had been, you know, on this round the world trip, I had been building marketing plans for businesses all around the world, um, large and small. It didn't matter the country or the culture, the kind of product the size of the business, and even this process and these steps work even for celebrities. It works even for 
individuals. And so as I had that kind of wake-up moment, I realized really when it comes to starting um, your personal plan, you have to ask yourself three questions. You have to ask first, well, what is the product? What is it? We'll get into that in a second. The question is, who is the product best for? And then finally, where are those people? So let's back up a second and talk about my feast or famine approach to dating and how I changed all this with marketing. So obviously, like everybody else, I did this for a lot of years and made zero product progress with my dating for a number of reasons. The first was that I wasn't sold on my product. I was trying to get away from me. When I was dating, I was in my place of loneliness, you know, despair, depression, you name it, frustration. I was in why am I single mode. You know, I might have been this cute girl, but I was also really just kind of feeling broken inside and just not loving me. I was also not dating the best audience for my product. I was going for guys who were all wrong for me. I had my list. Um, of the things that I wanted, and it was totally unattainable. Like, who could even be all of those check boxes, you know? That's true. I am looking for Superman, yes. (laughs) That's true. true. Aren't we all? I married him. Sorry. Sorry, ladies. (laughs) But but the biggest, you know, one of the biggest downfalls is because I, um, you know, back to that first problem, because I wasn't sold on me, um, I often took whoever came along. So I got sucked into bad relationships over and over and over again because I just I I wasn't good with me and so I kept dating the wrong guys. Then the third thing was that I wasn't putting myself in the right places to advertise to the best audience. So I was social, I would go out and do things on the weekend, but they were the same things over and over and over again. I was kind of stuck in my comfort zone socially and I was hanging out with the same people and doing the same things. And I wasn't putting myself in the right places to actually meet the kind of person I wanted to be with. And because I wasn't actually finding them, then back to that second problem, I was dating, I was just taking whoever would take me, you know. It kind of backed right. into it. So you see, we can't just start with advertising. We can't just start with, you know, what am I going to do this weekend? You have to back up a few steps. And so what I had to do, how I used marketing to get me married, that's the name of my business is Marketing Marriage, was I had to get good with my product first. I had to understand what I had to offer, the good, the bad, the ugly, you know, and I had to get good with that. So I had to kind of have this, like, come to Jesus with myself, you know, where I was just like, all right, you know, let's pull back the covers, and what are those things that I can improve? What are those things that I can't change, you know? And, you know, it's kind of that serenity prayer a little bit, you know, like, Help me identify right. those things I can change and help me to, like, change the things I can't or whatever. It's the backwards. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, you know what I mean. But it's that whole idea of I had to embrace me, and I had to be sold on me first. And this is really critical because if you wouldn't buy what you're selling, why would somebody else? You know what, that's, you know, that's really true, and we – and when we date, we tend to change anyway. We we put on a facade mm-hmm. of who we yeah. are. We forget about what we really like, our quirkiness, our geekiness mm-hmm. or whatever that we're into. And we focus on just really the, the facade, the physical. You know, we get yeah. our hair done. We may lose a few pounds. We may do whatever. But um, we still don't attract the people we really like. 
Like, do you like yeah. this person? Yes, he looks good, mm-hmm. and but are you mm-hmm. really compatible? Does he get into what you are into, or does he laugh at right. it? Like, like, oh, my God, right. Trek, that's so geeky. And right. <laughs> so, um, so there's things like that that I think we start out with not even, we're not even present in the mm-hmm. dating process until we yeah. think we have them and that and I think for both people that ends up happening and so yeah. you're you're that's when you get to the third month or sixth month or whatever of a relationship and you go wow who the heck are you right now <laughs> you imagine know. instead of putting up all those facades and all of those efforts to protect yourself or to try to be something to snag somebody imagine just being like comfortable in your own skin being attractive because you're confident and comfortable and relaxed you know and right. uh, and having somebody choose you because of you and not because of what you're trying to be for them. Which is you why what? you have that to. Is, that's what I do. Yeah, I, I'm guilty of that, and probably so many women and men probably are guilty of that. Yeah, yeah because we want, we want that attention, we want that affection, but we have to get it from ourselves first. Otherwise, we become like this, we get this insatiable need for somebody's you know, affection, attention, and validation. And newsflash, they're never going to have enough of that for us. If we can't get it from ourselves, we're never going to be able to get it from somebody else. So that's why this is the first step. It's not trying to identify, well, who's the best audience, and then how can I create a product for that audience? It's mm-hmm. like, am I happy with me? And then it's, all right, well, who is best for what I have to offer? Who's the best audience for for me, and that you know, that takes some soul searching. That takes some honesty on your part to review your past experiences, past relationships, past dates, mm-hmm. and identify right. maybe some of those negative patterns that you get sucked into. Maybe those guys who are just like all bad, but you just can't stay away from them. You know, <laughs> right? <laughs> and uh, and and even more back to that whole list thing that we have. Getting yeah. really clear on. I personally had to like ditch the list and get really clear on what was most important to me. What were those core things that I had to have? And really, girl, there were only four of them. I, he, had wow. to, like, he had to be kind. He had to love Jesus. He had to, to be a hard worker, and uh, he had to be attracted to me. Those were my core four. And right. anything besides that was like a bonus. You know, I was just like, oh, <laughs> yay, look at all this other fun stuff. But those core four, I realized, were the most important things. And I and I also realized that when I tr- when I got clear on my list, all of a sudden things guys became a lot more uh, clear to me. There were guys okay. that I hadn't considered. There were there were some really great people in my life that I hadn't considered. There were some guys that I that I would never have considered. That all of a sudden I was just like, oh well, hey, you know. And there were some okay. guys that I would always have gone for that didn't meet a single thing on the list. But I was just like, all right accountability time, i got to be honest with myself and be like, these are not, yeah, they might be fun for a moment, but they're going to cause me drama in the long term. And that's the hardest thing to do, I think, because we're so used to doing it the other way, you know, the hope sure. way. Yeah. And, um, and, and failing at it, and it, what is the definition of insanity, you know, <laughs> doing something <laughs> the same way over and over again and expecting uh, a different yeah. result. You know, yep. and that's, that's what we do. Yep. Yeah. So the final step I had to do to change 
And, like, after I got clear on my list, like, that was when I was finally ready to start socializing with purpose, you know. I was trying to think, okay, with these four qualities of mind, where would be the best place to intersect with the kind of person that I want to be with? Not just doing what's going on on the weekend because it's something to do, not just going out with my friends, you know, to the party or the club or, or whatever was going on because that's what all there was to do. I was like, right. honestly, I had to ditch some of my friends. I had to, like, okay, you know, ditch thanks, but no thanks. I'm, I'm <laughs> growing old with you guys and not in the kind of way that I want to. You know, right. I had to break free from kind of those, that social rut, and I had to think, okay, this kind of guy that I want to be with, where is he most likely to be found? And I had to hmm. consider activities that I normally would not do. Um, from online dating to, like, you know, honestly, I met my husband at a rodeo of all the awesome, <laughs> awesome, crazy things. I met him at a rodeo. Was he I on the horse? Him. Oh, my gosh. He was not on the horse, but he was wearing a cowboy hat. It was, it, was, it was pretty sexy. But, like, I would never have considered him. But I, I finally had, like, eyes to see, you know. And I, and I also, like, just really got strategic with the use of my time. Like, I wasn't just doing things to do them. I was like, you know what? If I go to that party, it's the same old people. It's the same old thing. I'm choosing not to. And it was actually really liberating because it kind of gave me permission to do other things with my time. If it wasn't going to be, perfe- you know, if it wasn't going to help me make progress in my dating life, I could right. reorganize my time to spend it doing something else, maybe, you know, sort of praying for my fat to melt. Maybe I could go running or something, you know. <laughs> like, right, I mean, right. I could, I could reuse my time in a more productive manner for the rest of my life. And the results truly were is that, like, I knew that I was good for me when I had kind of this moment of true contentment with myself. I was, I was with some friends coming back from um, California on a road trip, and I just had this, like, this really peaceful, like, contentment. Not this kind of crazy, lonely panic. That some right, because right. you didn't meet the person, so you totally wasted time. But you didn't because it wasn't right. that wasn't the only reason you were there. Right, exactly. And so that that moment of true contentment, it it was just, it was kind of one of those. It was kind of like that that moment that I knew I had arrived. I wasn't perfect, and I, but I was okay with that. I was finally okay with what I had to offer, and not in a in a false like you know bravado kind of way because we can be confident and not really mean it, you know. But right. like it's a true like, and you know when you're around that kind of person that's like good in their space because you feel comfortable there, you know. And I had finally felt comfortable there, and like moments after that, I think it was probably like within a week or two that I um I I got clear on what I needed from a partner. You know, what I was really looking for, that's those four things that I told you. And then literally two weeks later, I met, like, I went to that rodeo and I met him. And it was just, it was like, it was like <laughs> awkward. Like, we're engaged six months later, you know. It was just one of those things where it just wow. happened, you know. And it wasn't, and there was no hope involved. There was prayer, you know. I'm not saying that God's not a part of that process. But sure. I, I was working to make sure that I was, the right person, pursuing the best person, and putting myself in the right place to actually meet that person. 
It's like you got out of your own way. Yeah. <laughs> and allowed yeah. yourself to to live, to breathe, to enjoy. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. And that you know what? That is like the best advice ever. And even though the things that you mentioned, I mean, hope dating, what we all do to purposeful effort dating. I mean, I think that alone really says it all right there because that's really where we are. We're in this fantasy and Mm -hmm. we're in a fantasy of watching maybe our friends who met somebody in high school and they got married and then, you know, and they went to college. Now they have kids and, you know, and you're like, well, then why didn't that happen to me? So something must be wrong with me. And so you spend so much time, you know, thinking you're the, the worst thing ever because you couldn't find somebody so you try to become something else instead mm-hmm. of getting in, getting in touch with you and and I like I love the way you you put that and wrote it out and that's that's really it yeah <laughs> it seems so simple <laughs> <laughs> you know like in and, and to your point I I use dating for validation for a lot of years you know and it's really it's really easy to do when you're not in a good place yourself when you're wondering that question what's wrong with me it, any attention that you can get is kind of proof that you personally use, you know, right. to prove to yourself and to others, hey, you know, maybe I'm not broken. Hey, maybe it is working. But every time you do that, that relationship is inevitably going to end, and you're going to end up right back at that same place of wondering what's wrong with me, you know. Exactly. You with you first. That's like that's the first step is but, you know, by all means, don't take yourself off the market and think, okay, I'm now working on myself, you know. Like, <laughs> Which is what gotta, we do, too, yeah. You know, even businesses have to get the product out there. You have a smartphone that's always updating its apps, you know. Like, there's right. no perfect iteration of ourselves. And so you got to get out there and get experience so that you can, you know, work with something. But, uh, but you know, but you, but you have to start long before you get to, well, where's the best place to meet somebody? Well, how about the mirror? The mirror is the first place. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, Michelle, thank you so much for uh, coming on to the show and giving us uh, some amazing insight in, in things okay. that we should know, but it's, it's, we need to hear it, we need to apply it, and we need to work the goal, work the dream, <laughs> because... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so hard, and, and like we said in the beginning, it gets so frustrating. Now, I went to your site, of course, Marketing to Marriage, and there are an amazing amount of articles and mm-hmm. um, blogs about different types of uh, dating and issues and things like that. So tell us how we can um, get in touch with you um, through social media and other, and other ways. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, a lot of people worry that they have to have some sort of marketing background to be able to learn how to market themselves, but it's not true. I offer a a five-week course that people can just do online, you know. Instead of a book, it's a course that they have access to, and and there's homework assignments and all sorts of fun stuff, you know, because I'm a nerd like that. But um, (laughs) uh, it's usually $197, but through the weekend, for the next three days, it's only $97. So, If what I've said to you today rings true, if you are having that aha moment of, I am now ready to get started (laughs) on working on, I will now work on myself, you know. This is is the step-by-step process, uh, you know, that I went through, that I've taken multitudes of clients through 
and um, and it, it goes over those steps of how to how to get good with yourself, how to identify who's really best for you, how to know where those people actually are, um, and then a few bonuses like how to actually sell yourself. You know, how do you flirt? How do you get through those first dates? What do you do? You know, when you get called? You know, right. how do you stay on track with your you know with your time and your efforts so you're not you're not pushing yourself so hard that you burn out and crash and burn, you know, that kind of thing. So if people are interested in, in learning more about that or getting started with that, they can go to marketingtomarriage.com um, and click on the Marketing to Marriage program link that I have there on my menu. Um, and just like you said, there's tons of blogs on there. I blogged today about the dating cycle that we get stuck in, um, that we've talked a bunch about. Um, and then I'm on all the, the usual suspects for social media. You can find me on Facebook, on Instagram, um, Twitter, and for all of you uber geeks out there, LinkedIn and Google Plus and out there too. So, you know. Well, you know what? It is is so much information, and you just have to go to her site to get all of that information. And it is amazing. Oh, yeah, and definitely we have the weekend. So what a perfect time to not go to the club, but let's learn something. (laughs) (laughs) Well, go to the club, get frustrated, and then realize, oh, my gosh, I need to figure out what the crap is going on. You've got to stop this nonsense. So by all means, don't take yourself off the market. Crystal, go to the club this weekend. Don't go with your thing group, you know. Mix it up a little bit. (laughs) Mix it up. Exactly. That's what I need to do. I have hit a plateau, okay? (laughs) Definitely. Well, thank you so much, everybody. It is Michelle Barnum-Smith, and she is the dating expert, even though she doesn't want to be called that. That's what she is. (laughs) (laughs) So thanks so much for coming on to the show. And, guys, go and find out how to meet that right person the right way. (laughs) All right, guys, that was Michelle Barnum-Smith. She is fantastic, and um, like I said, we had a a great time um, with that interview, and she has such great points. Oh, my goodness. And they were simple, 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 simple points. So you may want to just, you know, replay this podcast and listen to everything she had to say again. If you're single and you're out there like me and, you know, you you know, the first thing she said that I, I latched on to was, you know, don't be upset or, you know, hurt by being single and be yourself and stay being yourself because I always change who I am. <laughs> when I date somebody, I become, I don't know, glamour girl or some kind of weird shit. But um, <laughs> anyway, great, great stuff. Um, yeah, go to her site, marketingtomarriage.com. And I want to bring on, let me see, we have a caller. Hey, you're on the Crystal Show. Hey, Crystal. It's Amy. How are you? Hey, hey Amy. How are you? Oh, doing all right. Just out eating a little late dinner. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> you know that makes you fat. <laughs> I know. Oh, well. <laughs> I know. I'm getting ready to go and eat some pizza. Oh, so. I got to say. <laughs> Thank God I'm not out trying to date. Oh my goodness! I it, it's hard. I stopped. I stopped dating actually for quite a while. Even even before you know the whole cancer thing, I stopped even before that. So I was already you know prepared just to sit at home because 
I got so frustrated with dating. I would, I would look across the table at this guy on the first date and go, why the hell am I here? I could be doing anything, literally. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I, I could not do it now. I mean, I'm married to, like, the total opposite of me. We butt okay. heads on everything. But yet we are connected enough somehow that we are just madly in love with each other like two little teenagers. Aww. We're, com- we're complete. We're complete, like, opposite, total opposite. And it's, <laughs> we're, we, we butt heads on music really bad. And oh, yeah. he told me one day that um, he did not like Bill Withers. And he did not like James Taylor. And I'm like, what the hell you mean you don't like Bill Withers and James Taylor? Who the fuck did I marry? <laughs> Who the hell are you? <laughs> and he just looked at me with that crazy look. He looks at me with a lot of time. <laughs> Who the oh, hell are you? <laughs> well, you know, music is a very personal thing. But, yeah, sometimes you go, what? the hell why are you into all this acid rock or why are you into well i love classic rock but you know <laughs> into certain things it's kind of funny but i guess somebody was looking at me and go why are you dancing to gangster rap which i do all the time in my car <laughs> so yeah <laughs> totally do well you miss keith but um you know, I'm know. Gonna... i sit here and i told sean see i said Oh my gosh! I forgot to call the show, and I know Keith was beyond tonight, and I really wanted to talk to him, but oh well, I don't know how oh, I managed to miss twice now. But well, we're gonna have him back on the show, you know, because you know he's putting out new stuff, so uh, hopefully yeah. he can come back and see this movie. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I, you know what? This guy, I think it's going to be really good, actually. I mean, James Brown, I mean, he's like, he was, you know, like kind yep. of epic, you know. I mean, his life, I really want to hear. I, mean, I, mean, I, I didn't even hear much about his life until not I like James Brown. I mean, unless you're just a complete, awful-hearted, just total racist, how can you not <laughs> like James Brown? I know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, he is like the well, the, the the godfather of, of soul, and he he gave us so many dances. You know, I mean, so many artists like took his style and made it their own. Michael Jackson, hello. I mean, if yeah. it wasn't for James Brown, Michael Jackson wouldn't have gotten as far as he did because he really just watched him and learned so much from him. So. So yeah, so I'm anxious. I mean, I'm really anxious to see this movie. I am, I am. It's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a good one. So, I am excited. Well, thanks, Amy, for calling in, and um, I would like, of course, to thank our guest Keith Robinson. Uh, he's a cutie too. Okay, I didn't say that when he was on, but yeah. You know. <laughs> Yeah, he's totally, he's totally a hottie. But um, and Michelle Barnum Smith for making tonight's show so incredible. Um, great interviews both. And next week on Thursday, August seventh, 
we will have exercise guru Erica White, and she will be on the show to help us get real about losing weight. The title of the show is Unrealistic Skinny Dreams, which I guess I have all the time. But, um, <laughs> well, I do. I used to be a really, really skinny, and I used to be called Slim. That was my nickname. So, um, I had bird legs. <laughs> Bird leg, chicken leg, yeah, I was, I was like that too. So, so, but I saw I'm a, I'm a, I'm not fat, people. Okay, but I'm, for me, I'm bigger than what I'm used to. So, but whatever. Okay, I, I just knocked out all my dates right there. So, but anyway, <laughs> um, so she's gonna be on the show. I, I met still love America. you, Crystal. Well, thank you, Amy. Thank you. I appreciate that. I do. <laughs> Erica is cool, and you'll see when she gets on the show next week. She, um, I met her, and I think she is fabulous. And I was like, hey, I want her on my show. Uh, so um, I definitely tracked her down. So you know what? You should come on a show and talk about because she has such a down-to-earth, realistic look. She did it herself. She was very large, and she lost the weight, and now she helps people do the same thing on a realistic level. So can't wait for that next week. Again, The Crystal Show airs weekly on Thursdays. So those who missed it and you listen to the podcast, remember, Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. To find out more about The Crystal Show, um, go to thecrystalshow.com. You can look up past guests. They have their own page where you can listen to their podcast, read about them, and links to their website. So go to thecrystalshow.com and learn about all of our guests. And also you can find it on iTunes. Like I said, download it and listen to it anytime you want. But what I am going to do at the end of the show, thank you so much, Amy, for chiming in. Thank you, Easy Rider, in the chat room, chatting it up the whole show. Thanks so much. We had a good time kind of, you know, just chatting back and forth. That was cool. And I'm going to play... Uh, Keith Robinson's Famous, that's his new single that's coming out next week. But we're playing it here. You heard it first. Where? On the Crystal Show. And I love this song. So jam to it. I'm going to put it on my website because I love jamming to it. And um, you guys, I will definitely check you next week. So peace, two fingers. I get my hands dirty, loving you.